Hello, old friends, new friends, and soon-to-be friends. I am Katie, and this is the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. Today, we are talking about listening for the unmet need. This is something we do in early childhood environments all the time. Before we get into that, I'm going to slightly touch on something called mistaken behavior. To understand listening for the unmet need, you need to understand mistaken behavior. Mistaken behavior is the term early childhood professionals use for bad behavior or misbehavior. Bad behavior and misbehavior is not quite correct for children because it implies that A, they know what they are to be doing to have safe, quote unquote, good behavior. And that's just not so with kids. Children are experimenting. They're not really malicious. They're trying new things because they don't know. They don't know how to interact. Their whole job is to test the limits of what we do as people and see where those boundaries lie, which is why it's so important to have a compassionate caregiver in their life like you as their mom or their nanny or their grandparent or their aunt or uncle to help them lovingly find these boundaries and set those for them so that they can learn to be safe, caring, loving, respectful adults. So first you have to consider, you kind of have to shift your paradigm, right? A child is not misbehaving. They're not behaving poorly or badly or anything like that. They are just experimenting. So we call it mistaken behavior to help early childhood professionals and now caregivers like you understand that this is not intentionally unkind behavior, right? They're not doing all these things on purpose to hurt somebody else. They're experimenting. It's their job, right? It's so annoying, but it is their job and we love them anyways. So if you can start to look at it from that perspective, you're already going to find a difference in how you care for the children in your life. It's so, so important to have this mentality going in. There are three levels of mistaken behavior. Uh, The first one is, I believe, experimentation. I should look this up super quick. I think it's uh, experimentation, and that is correct. Uh, that is when they're just sort of testing. They're saying, I, I wonder what happens if I do this. So they're like, oh, I, I wonder what would happen if I put my stick out right as my sister drives by on her bike. Do you think, do you think she's going to fall or will she go right over it? It's not really meant to be malicious. He's not like, oh, I can't wait to break my sister's arm. He is just curious. It's curiosity driven and they're trying to learn about our world. So in these moments, you can be a compassionate caregiver by lovingly saying, hi, like what was going on for you? Tell me more. You might remember we have talked about telling us more. That's a great phrase uh, to use to get children to sort of open up their thinking to you in a safe way so they feel like you really do care about what they're going to say. Uh, The second level of mistaken behavior is socially influenced behavior, which can mean they've seen a peer do it. They've seen their, um, this is where you see a lot of superhero play uh, on the playground where kids punch or what have you, or they're watching it on TV and then they recreate it. Um, It's to have some kind of effect or have somebody that they love or admire think highly of them or they imitate this behavior. So both of these two levels of mistaken behavior can be easily corrected with loving guidance from um, a compassionate caregiver. The third level is the strong unmet need, which usually on the third level, it's quite violent. 
It's quite persistent. It's, it's the behavior that really scares you as a caregiver. And these are the things that you do need a specialist to help you with. Um, they might be a therapist to help deal with whatever is going on for the child, or sometimes those strong unmet needs are actually physical needs. They can't see well, they can't hear well, so they're very frustrated and acting out. So it might be a pediatrician or, um, uh, you know, ophthalmologist. You might need somebody to do something for this child to meet the need. So the third level, those three levels again were the first level was experimentation, second level is socially influenced, and the third level is strong unmet needs. Um, the first two levels you can help them with, and most of that behavior falls within the first two levels for almost all children. Um, strong unmet needs you do need some kind of an intervention with, but I'm going to guess you won't see that as often because it's usually rarer or you kind of know when there's that strong unmet need. Uh, so that's good news, right? Is you can you are powerful and you can do something about this. Hooray. Now, listening for the unmet need. Now that you know about mistaken behavior, you can kind of understand that all behavior that is undesirable is mistaken behavior, right? There's some kind of unmet need going on. So if a child is lashing out, screaming, crying, there's something else going on for the kid. Just like us, right? When we are throwing a fit at work or whatever it is we're doing with our partners in our least flattering, least lovable moments where we feel the most shame and sadness, or I should say remorse, because shame is given to us by society, but something you feel inside you is remorse, that remorse feeling of, oh, I really messed that up and I feel terrible. Those moments where you're doing that, there was an unmet need there that you had that was so strong and you lashed out because it wasn't met and you didn't know how to get it uh, fulfilled. So we're going to talk about how to do that for kids. So I want you to just move in your life looking at the kids. Anytime there's kind of a, a really heavy reaction, lots of anger. Anger is always a sign that something else is going on. Anger is a sign that somebody is feeling bad and they are feeling something like embarrassment, hurt, um, sadness, shame, anything that feels worse. Anger is a protective emotion. It comes after something that feels worse to feel. And so it use, we use it as humans to kind of back people away from us so that we can not have to feel the other feeling first or not feel it in public. So some things you might want to think about when you're seeing a child who is um, – seeming like either distracted or caught like overly cautious or frazzled or sensitive or like really crying a lot where you don't expect them to or having a lot of conflicts, clinging to you, whiny, all of these things, these like nervousness, um, they're probably feeling needy or irritable or confused or scared or like they, they don't feel heard by somebody in their life or they're feeling just uncomfortable or scared. And so as an adult in this moment, we got to slow down, right? We got to pay attention to them. They're, if they're afraid, they need comfort, right? So even though you might not wish to comfort them because they're screaming and crying, and that's not fun. Let's be honest. It's not fun for an adult as the caregiver. What makes you a compassionate caregiver is in these unfun moments, you are leaning towards the child instead of running away, which I think we can all admit we like to sometimes because we're humans too and we have these feelings of wanting to 
not be exposed to this kind of scary stuff. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that way and still turn toward the child. So you look at the child, you say, reflectively listen. We just talked about that. You want to reflectively listen. It seems like you are scared. It seems like you are sad. Oh, you're so sad. You're afraid. You're worried. You're really mad. Whatever it is that you think the child is feeling, say it out loud. Say it to the child because that is the need that they're actually feeling underneath. And then all of a sudden, it's like the steam starts to let off for the child. And you're going to see that feeling kind of give way a little bit. And you might, they might, if they were screaming and yelling, they might start crying because somebody hears them and they feel safe to share that. So you can continue by sticking with them instead of saying, stop crying. You can say like, tell me more. Oh, that must have felt so bad. You, you really wanted to open the jar yourself. And then I thought you needed help and I opened it and you were so mad and sad. That probably felt like I did not think you could do it. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that right? That is not at all what I tried. I'm so sorry. I was not trying to do that. I just thought you wanted my help. I won't do that next time. I'll ask. Sort of kind of try to read into what the actual feeling is, what they need from you. A need is something that you have that is not, it can't be manipulated. So a need is not like, I need you to do the dishes for me. I need you. It doesn't require a behavior from somebody else. A need is like, I have a need for connection. I have a need for safety. I have a need for excitement, right? It doesn't require someone to do one specific behavior. So whatever this need is, if it's safety for the child, if it's feeling connected or loved or supported or um, safe, you know, I feel like it comes down to safe a lot. Um, That's something that you really, really want to be aware of and to be listening for. Um, a lot of times kids are trying desperately to tell us what it is they need. Remember when they're infants, which really wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things and time and life, all they had to do, all they could do was to cry and wail to get you or some other person who is a compassionate caregiver in their life to pay attention to them. And your job as the adult in their life, the wonderful, loving adult, one of many, hopefully, is to scaffold them to the next level to say, hey, come on up here. I'm going to show you. I see that you're feeling this. And I know because I feel this way sometimes too. Come on up here. I'm going to show you what I do when I feel this way. And we can learn together what to do when we feel misunderstood or we feel excluded or left out or powerless or um, just just really angry because we're feeling bad about ourselves. So listen for the unmet need. And really the most important part about this process is that you realize there's an unmet need and that you're not ascribing malice or um, ill will towards the child's behavior. They're not trying to make you mad. They love you so much. They're desperate for your approval and affection and love and togetherness. And when they're cranky, when they're kind of like, ooh, prickly, you know, That's when we need to come towards them the most. So put on layers so you don't get uh, poked by the little sharp thorns when they're coming through. But you can do this. You are loving. You are compassionate. And you are one of their most important people in their lives. That is all for listening for the unmet need. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you.
to you next week. Thank you.